Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Father, we thank you for your holy written word, knowing that we can trust our lives to its provisions. Thank you for your spirit to guide us into all the truth and also quicken us according unto your holy written word. We believe that your word will not return to you void. It will accomplish the purpose of your will and prosper in the thing whereto you sent it. And I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost to boldly proclaim the truth of your word and demonstration of the spirit of power that our faith would stand and rest not in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Before we look at that scripture, let me just review somewhat. In our Wednesday evening service, we've been talking about eagerly pursuing the things of God. More or less offering a challenge to all of our individual hearts. To do a personal check in our own lives, of our own lives. To determine whether or not we are deeply serious about the things of God. Are we eagerly pursuing the things that pertain to the kingdom of God? Jesus told us that we are to do what? Seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all the other things that pertain to life will be added unto us. Well, we said that when God raised up Jesus from the dead by the power of His Spirit, that it was the greatest move of God the world has ever seen. It was the greatest working of God's almighty power Available to mankind. I mean, that's it. The greatest working of God's almighty power. And when he did this, he made available unto all men, not only eternal life, but also he gave them the right or the privilege to experience the pure power of God that flows out of heaven. See, it's not just experiencing eternal life in our spirits. It's also experiencing the glorious power of the living God in our personal lives. Quite a statement. To be filled with the Holy Ghost and power. And that's why he told his disciples, those that believed on him, wait until you be endued with power from on high. I don't want you to go and operate in the power of your own strength. I want you to go in the power of my strength. The pure power that comes from heaven will come upon you and baptize you in fire. And then you'll go forth. You'll be my witness. You'll do my work upon the earth. Therefore, we as individuals, we said, should be eagerly pursuing these great, glorious things of God by steadfastly looking into the Word of God and keep a listening ear open so that we can hear what thus saith the Lord by His Spirit in the day in which we live. Because very often He'll move by His Spirit and emphasize certain truths. So generally speaking, we want to look to the Word of God and Walk in the light thereof of that great revelation of what He has done for us and also be led by His Spirit, flow with His Spirit, move with His Spirit, and whatever He emphasizes, then enter into it. Not just ankle deep, enter into it all the way. Hallelujah. Just, you know, take a diving leap right on in and enter into it all. Well, why should we be doing this? Because we want to arise in the dignity of Christ. We want to throw off from us the shackles of bondage. We want to enter into 
the fullness of this real living life, this power, this glory that comes in the person of Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost. We don't want to just walk around here in our own strength or in the power of our own might. We want to enter into the fullness of this life, this glorious life, this real life that God has provided for us. This is no small thing. He says those that received Him gave Him power to become the sons of the living God, children of the Most High. What love has God bestowed upon us that we should be called not the sons of, uh, or the children of Israel, but the sons of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. Come out from among them. Separate yourselves. Get apart with me, saith the Lord, and I'll be a father unto you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, saith the Most High. Oh, what a marvelous, marvelous revelation. What a glorious lifestyle. Can you imagine? Hallelujah. Well, that's why. But now how do we do it? Well, we do this by steadfastly looking into the Word of God to discover the things that He has done for us. And as I said, flowing with the Holy Ghost. Now last week, we emphasized the priesthood of the believer. Last couple of weeks, we talked about the priesthood of the believer. And we said that when Jesus was raised up from the dead, we were raised up with Him. Not to be beggars in this life, but raised up with Him to be seated with Him positionally at the Father's right hand, to be ambassadors here upon this earth for Him, and kings and priests or kingdom of priests unto the Most High God. That's what He has made us. We need to look into that. We need to discover what it means. And we did that somewhat. And emphasized the importance of it. And we discovered this truth. As kings and priests unto the Most High God, we have a high priest who is there for us at the Father's right hand, who allows us to enter into the Father's presence at will. Think about that. By His own precious blood. He has enabled us to enter into that most holy presence because by His sacrifice we have all been approved to do so. Once and for all and forever, we stand complete and approved. Stamped, if you will, by the Holy Ghost, approved of God, enter right on in. The holiest presence. The holiest presence. The holiest presence. My goodness, there's a lot of activity that takes place right there in the holiest presence of God. How do you know? I saw it in the book of Revelation. Man, you've got uh, all kinds of creatures blessing Him and glorifying Him and magnifying Him. You've got the heavenly hosts up there singing their praise unto God and magnifying. You've got the fire of God. You've got the glory of God. I mean, high and lifted up, the smoke, the cloud. I mean, there's just a whole lot going on. We become a part of that. See, we can enter into that. Because He's made us able to enter in. Now we emphasize the fact that as believers we should be practicing the presence of the Lord. The invitation has been given to all of us. As an act of our own will we should take advantage of that. And by the blood of Jesus we should not hesitate. We should enter in by the blood of Jesus into the holiest presence of the Father on a daily basis. Exercising that right, that privilege. And then getting into His presence. And we said if we would do that, certain things would happen. 
through worship, through prayer, through study of the Word, through just waiting upon Him, just, just sitting in a chair, just sitting back and just waiting upon Him, and, and just saying, Father God, I come to You by the blood of the Lamb. Not by the works that I have done. I come by the blood of the Lamb. For He's my way, and He's the forerunner who has gone in before me. And I come in by this precious blood, by this new way that You've provided for me. I've come into fellowship with You. I've come in to communicate with You. I've come to talk to You. I've come to worship You. I've come to bless You. And Father, I've come just to wait upon You in Your presence. Oh, beloved, if we would just realize the importance of it all and recognize... How valuable this is to all of our lives. I believe that more Christians would rise up and begin to take their place and enter in. That's the first and foremost ministry of the believer is to enter in the presence of the Most High God and bless Him and worship Him and glorify Him. He said, but I'm so busy with the work of the Lord. I don't have time for that, so many say. Oh, but He is the Lord of all the work. We've got to have time for the Lord of all the work. We've got to make time for the Lord of all the work. Because, you see, if we don't do that, then the work of the Lord that we're doing will be done in our own strength. It will not be done in the strength of the Lord. And who are we? What can we do apart from Him? What can we do apart from His ability and strength? Nothing. But praise God, through Him, we can do all things. We said certain things would happen. Number one, we'd get to know Him better. Be better acquainted with our Heavenly Father. We said we'd also become more acquainted with His will for our individual lives. And so many struggle with that. What would He have me to do? There's where the answer lies. Right there in His presence. Amen. And if we would enter in and communicate with Him and discuss things over with Him, it would not be very long before He would cause our thoughts to become agreeable to His will and our plans would be established and succeed. It's right there. And, and yes, so many want others to say, well, what should I do? What should I do? Oh, my brother and sister, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Enter in. Enter in. And just as well, just as you can ask someone else, what would he have me to do? Ask him, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? And don't give up. Say, Father, you might as well get used to having me hanging around the throne. Because I'm not leaving. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to be right there by your side, sharing with you, talking to you, fellowshipping with you. I want to know what your will is for my life. We also said that we would receive revelation of His plans and purposes. And very often we don't. Many don't because we don't wait there before His presence to find out what He would have us to do. And that's a part of it. You see, He has already planned out our lives. Hard for us to imagine. You know, when we talk about the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, we're not just referring to some things that He knows or He has stored up in His memory bank. Are you ready for this golden revelation? God is all-knowledge. He's all-knowing. That means in the present, at this particular moment right now, all knowledge is before Him. He knows every one of your thoughts, my thoughts, the intents, the attitudes of the heart. He knows it all. You talk about a computer mind. It's there in the present, locked up. It's right there before Him. All knowledge. He knows it all. He's planned out your life. He has a future. That's all wisdom. 
It's already blueprinted, drawn up. He knows all about it. And it's his yearning desire to unveil it to us so that we can follow it. He says, follow me. I've got your life planned out for you. Follow me. But you've got to enter in before you can follow, see? And that's what we're emphasizing here. Enter into his presence because there's going to be much activity, my brother and sister, in the lives of those that take the time to enter into the presence of the Most High God. Oh, there's going to be a lot of activity and spiritual activity, glorious activity, power unveiled and, and power flowing in the lives of those who take time to wait upon their God and find His plans and purposes for their lives. We also said that we would renew our strength. As the Scriptures teach, they that wait upon Him shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not weary. They'll walk and not faint. We said that we would draw from His love, His wisdom, and His strength, and His grace, which is operational power. You see, you can't help but to be in that presence and draw from Him. When you hang around somebody, some of that person begins to rub off on you. How many of you noticed that when your children were teenagers and growing up and they began to hang around the wrong crowd, that some of the things that characterized their lives began to rub off on your child or your children? Do you notice that? Well, if that's true down here in the natural where we live, you see the same thing is true when you enter into the spiritual realm with God. When you, on purpose, as an act of your will, enter into His divine presence, and that manifest presence is right there, you can't help but to draw from His love, because God is love. You can't help but to tap into His wisdom. You see? Because in Him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You can't help but to have an increase of the anointing. It's like getting charged, supercharged, overcharged, just charged. I mean, overflowing because of the glory that comes on you. Sometimes you'll walk away from that place and just have to give that little shout. You ever do that? Oh, I find myself doing that sometimes. You kind of wonder, well, my goodness, that just, just, just came out. I didn't intend to do that, but it just, just came out. Do you know what I mean by that? I, I know. It's, and sometimes you're oblivious to who's around you. You just do it. And then they look at you, you know, not that you intended to draw attention to yourself. It just, it just, you know, just rose up on the inside of you. And you had to let it escape your lips because it was God on the inside. We said that we would learn more about prayer. People want to know about prayer. Jesus, in talking about prayer, said, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, if you want to learn about prayer and learn how to pray, get before the Father's presence and begin to praise His name. Begin to glorify His name. Begin to rejoice in Him. And as you begin to do that, to set apart His name, talk about His name, glorify His name from the rising of the sun to the going down to the same, praise His name and let His name be praised, you'll learn a whole lot about prayer. You'll learn some things inside your spirit that you wouldn't even recognize or realize that you'll learn. I, I guarantee this. Because what will happen, you'll come away from that place and something on the inside will have taken place that will cause your faith life to even be stronger. You'll draw from His faith. See, you draw from His love, you draw from His faith. just can't help but for that to happen. There's a purification process that takes place when you're there abiding in His presence. Because let's not forget that He is a consuming fire. And the consuming fire of His holiness will begin to burn up that chaff, that ugly stuff inside of our lives called doubt, unbelief, and everything else that exists in there. It'll burn it right up. 
Do you see that? It'll burn it right up. You'll have some pure faith on the inside of your heart. Can't help it. You walk away from that place with great confidence and boldness. See, that's a strong faith life right there. Why? Because I was fellowshipping with my Father. You walk away with a spring in your step, a shout in your voice. Hallelujah. Great confidence. Not arrogance, confidence. Confidence. I'm confident, bold towards devils, demons, evil spirits, sickness, and disease. You're always in a better position to pray, not only for yourselves, but also for others, as you've so entered into that presence of God. You learn about how to more effectively minister to the needs of others because you'll draw from all these things. We also said to become more sensitive to the Spirit of God, learn more about the gifts of the Spirit, and also experience an increase of the anointing in your life. Thank God for the fresh oil. But I believe that we all should desire to have an increase of the measure of the anointing of God that is upon our lives. Like I said before, we can walk in it ankle deep. We can get to where it's knee deep. But praise God, I believe we can be immersed in the glory of our God. We can be immersed in the power of our God. We can be immersed in the majesty of our God. It can so affect us that it can change our character. That's where true change takes place. When you get into that holiest presence of God and say, Father, quicken thou me according unto thy word. See why we can't do it for one another? We can teach one another what the word says, but we can't get to that place with God in God for one another and yield ourselves to him so the change can take place. I can only do that for myself. Father, I give you my body. Father, I give you my faculty members. Father, I give you my, my thinking faculties. I turn them over unto you. Thank you for renewing my mind. You're my shepherd I don't want. You make me to lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside the still waters. You restore my soul. You lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. You're with me. You're on my side. And if God be for me, who could be against me? You prepare a table right here before me in the presence of all of my enemies. Hallelujah. I can sit down to a feast. I feed upon the Word of God. It nourishes me and gives me strength. Oh, glory to God. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup is overflowing and running over. And surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. The glory of the Lord goes before me. Your goodness and mercy follow me. Who could be against me? I'm eating good. Hallelujah. Having a high time in God. You see that? Hallelujah. Praise God. These are the redeemed ones. We are the redeemed of the Lord. More, let us say so. Oh, hallelujah. And we experience the increase of it all. Well, that's an introduction to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. How do I do it? This part of it right here. We're going to shift gears just a little bit. We're going to follow the pattern set forth in Scripture. This is part of it. But see, we want to start here, this beginning of the year, because we're going to talk about these things of the Holy Ghost. It's not enough just to have one seminar. We're going to talk about these things. We have to give more attention to the manifestations of the Spirit of God. Did you know that? More attention to it. And we're going to do that. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, again, this will just be an introduction to it all. Notice a proper pattern to follow in pursuing these things. To the things of the Spirit. Follow after charity. See, we're talking about eagerly pursuing. Well, follow after charity. 
eagerly pursue charity. That's one translation. Eagerly pursue charity. You see how we're right on here in Scripture? Sunday mornings, what are we doing? Eagerly pursuing divine love. There's the proper pattern set forth in Scripture for becoming serious about the things of God. Let's do what the New Testament says to do. Let's eagerly pursue divine love, agape love, as he just emphasized in chapter 13. It was no accident that it comes after chapter 12 here because he's talked about the, the gifts of the Holy Ghost and how they were misusing the gifts of the Holy Ghost, how they were ignorant of spiritual manifestations. And he emphasized to them that spiritual manifestations are love's manifestations or manifestations of the love of God. So if you want to be accurate in expressing God, you've got to be motivated by love. Love must be the principal motive of the heart. So if you will eagerly pursue love, then you'll be assured of the fact that you'll be accurate in manifesting spiritual gifts. So the first is our pursuit of love. And in the Greek, follow there, the word follow there and the idea that's set forth is the idea of pursuit with persistence. You say, but you know, I've learned about love and I did that for a while, but I've kind of backed off. Well, that's not what it's talking about. This is the pattern that is set forth in Scripture. It says, pursue with persistence agape love. Just like he told Joshua, meditate the book of the law. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. He didn't have 66 books. He had, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Thou shalt not have any false gods or images before you. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And him alone thou shalt thou serve. That's what he was eagerly pursuing. Meditating upon, speaking out. Putting aside his spirit life. What are we to do? We walk in love. I endure long. I am patient. I am kind. I'm never envious. I don't act that way. God doesn't act that way. You know why? Because I want that on the inside of me. So what comes outside, the manifestation is the love of God manifesting himself through me in spiritual gifts or manifestations. So to be accurate, we've got to be developed in love. Love is the motivating force behind all spiritual manifestations. And then to finish what the Greek says about it, it indicates a never terminating action. It indicates a never terminating action. Something that we are to eagerly pursue and never forsake pursuing. Indicating a never terminating action. So it's not like as though we learned about love, we've confessed the love scriptures, and now we're going on to something else. That's not it. It means by day and by night to meditate the law of love, the royal law of love. Let love be our aim. Eagerly pursue it. Strive to achieve it. And don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Never quit. Keep doing it by day and by night. How many of you know that we've got to have this renewed within our spirits by day and by night? Because we have an attempt, or we're always tempted every day to walk out of love. Unless you've got a different kind of flesh than I do, I don't know. Is your flesh the same as mine? Selfishness is a, is a temptation to walk out of love, isn't it? How many know your body wants to do things that, that your spirit doesn't necessarily agree with? 
Exactly. Well, now, brother, how do we do this? I've got one example for you. The Apostle Paul says, I beat mine black and blue. <laughs> he said, really, just a quick paraphrase here. He says, I just slapped the thing silly. <laughs> Otherwise, lest while I preach to others, I myself would be disqualified. That's what he said. He said, you've got to handle it roughly. The body doesn't want to do it. Mortify your members. Oh, that's a good one right there, isn't it? Mortified. Jesus had a real good one. Cut him off. If you're eye offended, pluck it out. Oh, my. Because it's better for you. But we understand what he's implying, what he's saying to us. In other words, use energy. Use effort. Expend all the energy you need on a daily basis. Feed your spirit love and use all the powers of your faculties and your, and your, and your body, all the energy that you have, your physical energy, to, to see to it that you master the love walk. Now, I wanted to stress that and emphasize that because of the next word. Notice the word after charity. What is it? And. Everyone say And. Very important thought here. Why is that word there? It doesn't say if you want to, does it? It doesn't say that it might be nice to, does it? This is a part of our walk. This is included. This doesn't mean that it's something that we can do if we want to. This is telling us that this is a part of what we should be pursuing. And it says earnestly desire. One translation says covet earnestly. Do you see the action? Eagerly pursue love and and neglect spiritual gifts. No. Pursue them if you want to. No. No. In the Greek, it's covet earnestly Covet with great intensity, spiritual gifts. Cover, covet earnestly, covet with great intensity, spiritual gifts. Do you see this? What we should be doing, all of us as believers, and he's got to be speaking to all of us because we're all told to walk in love. But sometimes I think we have failed to recognize we're supposed to walk in love and. Walk in love and. Desire, covet earnestly, spiritual manifestations. Why? Because they are love's manifestations. Love manifesting itself through our lives to reach out to the needs of others and to bless them. We don't want love to stop right here and for ourselves just to enjoy the, and experience the, the love of God within our lives. We want it to enter in. We want it to fill us up. We want to overflow with that love until it becomes rivers of, rivers of life, rivers of abundance, rivers of healing, rivers of health and joy, rivers of deliverance, rivers of power, of the anointing, and it begins to flow out of our lives, channeled out in different ways, different manifestations of the Spirit of God. So notice the action here. Everyone is to follow love, to eagerly pursue love. Let that be an action that never, never stops within our lives. And this is also a part of that, in connection with that. Also, 
covet earnestly, have a yearning desire to have love to manifest itself in these various different ways that we define as being the gifts of the Holy Ghost or the manifestations of the Spirit, which, once again, are just manifestations of love. Well, why? I want you to go back with me, if you would, please. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. You want to talk about people saying we think we got God bottled up or put in our hip pocket or in a box. I'll tell you something right now. You can't keep God in a box. You can't keep God in your hip pocket. They can't build. No one can build a place that's big enough for Him to dwell in. Mm-mm. And I'll tell you something right now, I think it's the opposite effect. It's not because we talk about how big God is in our lives and how He can move through our lives that we've got Him boxed up. I'll tell you who's got Him boxed up, those that don't believe it. That's right. Don't let Him out. I said they don't let Him out. Don't let Him move. Numbers, chapter 14. The reason why He also wants us to desire the manifestations of the Holy Ghost or the way He expresses Himself through believers in the earth, make note of it, because our God is not only love, God is love, He is also a God of signs and wonders. He was in the Old Testament, He is and always will be, the God of signs and wonders. He doesn't want kept in check anywhere among any people. He wants to have the liberty to move by the power of the Holy Ghost to reach out to the lost and needy world and meet their needs according unto His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He wants His glory to fill all the earth in demonstration of these glorious signs and wonders so as to touch people, so as to change lives, and so as to show Himself as the great, mighty, omnipotent One who is the creator of all things. In the book of Numbers, chapter 14, and verse 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, this gives evidence to the fact that he was a God of signs and wonders in the Old Testament. How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? Deuteronomy Chapter 6 and verse 22. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 22. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore. Well, that's a thought right there. That's a message right there. The signs and wonders of God, both great and sore. I wouldn't want to be the one that had the sore ones, would you? I mean, some were pretty sore. They hurt, I'll tell you right now. Amen. Both great and sore. Upon Egypt and Pharaoh and upon his household before our eyes. And if you just read right on through the Old Testament, you can't help but to discover and find out that many times he revealed himself in signs and wonders and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. And did all kinds of glorious things. But now going to Acts chapter 2, that was the Old Testament. Just, just a reverence to the New Testament. 
Is he a God of signs and wonders in the New Testament? Is he revealed that way in the New Testament? Or does he want to be boxed up within the body of Christ? Does he just want to sit back in a corner somewhere and not manifest himself and not do anything but be there? No, he doesn't want to do that. You just can't hold him down like that. When there's someone out there hurting, when there's someone out there dying, when there's someone out there in need, he's just wanting, yearning, eagerly, desiring to, to flow like a mighty river out to meet the need of that person. Aching to do it. See, that's his compassion. That's over all his works that wants to be made manifest in the earth. In Acts chapter 2. And you know the story here. The disciples getting filled with the Holy Ghost. But look at verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my Spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will... If there's anything, if there's anything that perfectly illustrates the will of God, what other two words can? I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood. And he goes on, talks about these signs and wonders. But now go over to Acts chapter 5. The disciples got caught up into these things. They knew that God wanted to show signs and wonders and manifest Himself in a glorious way. They went about doing good and delivering people from their afflictions. You know the story here in Acts chapter 3. The lame man was delivered and set free and able to walk who had never walked all those years. They were taken in question and they were threatened. They went back to their own company, said all these things to them. And they said, they told him they didn't want us to preach or teach in Jesus' name any longer. But he said, they said, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto us, thy children, that with all boldness we may speak thy word. And, and what? And that signs, and that signs and wonders would be wrought by the name. Notice, signs, wonders, wrought, name. Look at Acts 4.31 first. Then we'll look at 5.12. 4.30 and 31. 31. Uh, verse 30. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken when they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake with the Word of God with boldness in Acts 5.12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And by the hands of the apostles... So notice what their prayer was. It wasn't that that was prayed and then instantly it happened the very next day, although it could have been. But Acts chapter 4 to Acts chapter 5, we know there's a period of time. But, but look at this. Signs and wonders were wrought. Signs and wonders were wrought in the Old Testament. Signs and wonders were wrought when Jesus walked the earth by great signs and wonders. The Holy Ghost giving witness to the ministry of Jesus Christ. And also, we see those who were His followers also were empowered by the Holy Ghost for signs and wonders to be wrought. Now, are you ready? How were those signs and wonders wrought by the hands of the apostles? Acts 4.30 said, how? By the name of the Holy Child Jesus. 
May signs and wonders be wrought by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. Now, are you ready for it? You got your shouting shoes on? Are you ready? Mark, six, Mark 16, 17 said, And these signs, and these signs shall follow all doubters. It didn't say that, did it? And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. In my God wants us casting out devils in the name of Jesus, not taking them in as pets. Hallelujah. He wants us casting them out. I mean, He wants us to rise up. If devils are trying to get a hold and influence our children's lives, He says, cast them out in the name of Jesus and let it be a sign. You know, I'm not concerned whether it's a sign to anybody on this earth. I want it to be a sign to the devil. I want him to know that I know who I am in Christ and what I have in Christ. And God's empowered me in the Holy Ghost over all his power. Don't you want that to be a sign? Hallelujah. But look at the next one. And oh, you see, this is why we've got to start right here. Because so many deny this great sign. And in my name shall they speak with New tongues. You ever stop and wonder why he chose to take that one out of the nine, manifesta- nine manifestations of the Holy Ghost and put it right there? It's very important. It's the doorway into the supernatural. It is the, the, the doorway that opens up the realm of the supernatural to the believer. And it's a sign. We see it in Acts chapter 2. And you know we follow it right on through the book of Acts and the importance of it. But beloved... By speaking with other tongues, we can generate miracle-working power that will enable God to do signs and wonders through our lives. Mighty demonstrations of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We have a doorway into that realm of God if we just use it. Understand it and just use it. It is a sign. In my name shall they speak with tongues. And he talks about these other signs. But they're all wrought in whose name? See, the name of Jesus. He is a God of signs and wonders and continues to demonstrate His signs and wonders not only in days gone by, but also in the days in which we live. Why? Because He's never changed. Like so many think, well, you never know. You know, maybe God uh, stopped all that with with the apostles and how many, you know, talk about that and say that. Beloved, make note of this. God's faculties are constant. God's faculties are constant. They don't change. They're constant. God's attributes are eternal. And God's abilities are immutable, unchanging. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His abilities, meaning His power, His wisdom, His might, His glory is unchanging. It's immutable. It cannot, it will never change. God does not change. God never changes. The fire that goes before him and melts the hills is the same fire that was there in the burning bush that Moses saw. Was the same fire that went before the children of Israel. Was the same fire that appeared uh, in the days of Elijah and licked up the water that that was in Elijah's trenches. The same fire is the same fire that appeared as cloven tongues like as a fire on the day of Pentecost upon all the apostles and all the the 120 who were up there. 
which is the same fire that we've been baptized with the Holy Ghost in the same fire. It's not a different fire. It's not a progressive fire. It's the same fire. And I got news for us all. It's the same fire that will clothe the, that be the appearance of the clothe that will clothe the, the loins of the Lord Jesus Christ from His loins upward and His loins downward. Emmanuel, the glorious one, the, the one who's clothed in the glory and the fire of God. It's the same fire. Never changes. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. Who changes? Man changes. See, His, dispensation, his, his power doesn't change. His glory doesn't change from dispensation to dispensation. Man changes. Man's attitudes towards the things of God changes. And before you know it, man begins to deny the power of God and establishes a religious form. Puts God on the shelf in a little box and says, you can only do so much. In some cases, we'll let you save. But after you save, put them back on that box, in, on the shelf, in the box, and just let them stay there. We won't have those tongues around here. Yeah, you won't have the glory around there either. You won't have the fire around there either. You won't have the signs around there either. You won't have the wonders around there either. There won't be any fire licking up the water in your trench. It's a fact. But it's time. This is what he's saying. Follow charity, love, and don't stop there. Release the Spirit of God. Get him out of that box of religious tradition and formality. Take him out of that platform of religious form and let him go. Let him flow. Let him move. Let him demonstrate his signs and wonders and his glories. Allow him to manifest his wisdom and his knowledge through these glorious gifts. See, what are we talking about when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit? God has all knowledge before him at all times. All knowledge. A word of knowledge is when he says, as he sees you, this or that, a word given to you, which is a part of all that knowledge, and says, here, take this and use it. What is a word of wisdom? He knows all the future. It's ever before him. But he manifests himself in such a way that he takes a, a fragment of that wisdom, a fragment of the future, and says, here, I want you to use this to benefit my kingdom upon this earth. And gives it to you. Or it helps you to meet the need of some person who's in trouble. Do you see that? What is speaking with other tongues and interpretation of tongues? It is not man doing his own thing. It is God so, so, so saturating that person's life that God is speaking. God is in control. The man yields his faculty members to God, his vocal organs to God. God is so there, so prevalent so profoundly manifested in that person's life, he begins to speak forth out of that person. That's what it is. Do you see why that in order for us to, to, to walk this way with God, we've got to enter His presence? We've got to follow love with great intensity, eagerly pursuing it, and also with great intensity, desire spiritual manifestations. In that order. Get into His presence. Make love your golden aim. 
and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Don't want you staying in a box in my house. We want you to flow, to move. Your glory is to be revealed. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Signs and wonders and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Demonstrate yourself. Let's close with this scripture in Psalm 63, verse 1. This is what he's saying to us as a believing people upon the earth right now. Once again, hmm. oh God, verse 1, Thou art my God, the eternal one, the unchanging one, the one whose attributes are eternal. The one whose faculties are ever the same, constant. The one whose abilities are immutable and unchanging. You are my God. And I go a step further. You're my God and my Father. And not only early will I seek thee, but eagerly. Eagerly. And early will I seek thee. My soul, with everything that is within me, I thirst for thee. This is what he's talking about, desire. Eagerly yearning. Not just, yeah, if you want it, it's okay. An eager Desire, a yearning, a burning on the inside. We're not going to settle for anything less. Father, you're a God of signs and, and of wonders and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. You've revealed yourself in the Old Testament. You've revealed yourself through Jesus, your Son, that way. Signs and wonders in the New Testament, the book of Acts of the Apostles. And Father, we're living in the same dispensation. Dispensations may change, but you do not change with those dispensations. You are ever the same. And Father God, we are making the necessary adjustments. We are making the changes. We desire to see you move. We desire to have your glory and manifestation. Father, we long to have you show signs and wonders, just as they did back there in Acts chapter 4. By the name of the Holy Child Jesus. Why? Because the love that we have for people the compassion that rises up within our hearts wants us to see them delivered and set free. That's why. That's why. Sympathy coupled with the earning, yearning desire burning within our spirits to alleviate the suffering of other people. We long to see you, our soul thirsts after thee, our flesh longs for thee in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is, to see your power and your glory. Thank God my spirit's been recreated. Thank God we've got more than that. We're spirit-filled. But David knew that there was a benefit to having the glorious power of God in, in divine manifestation. He said, to see your power, your glory, as I've seen you in the sanctuary. Why? Why, David, did you want to see it? Because when you see that glory in manifestation, you know it's the loving kindness of the Lord that's revealed. And it's better than life itself. It'll usher us right into praise. My lips shall praise you. I'll bless you while I live. I'll lift up my hands in your name. That's what he's saying. I want my people to long for, to yearn after. My presence. The manifestations of my spirit. 
I want them to know that I'm a God of signs and wonders and diverse miracles in the Holy Ghost. I want them to know that they can have what their heart desires. My presence, my glory, my power unveiled and revealed. That's what he's saying to us. It's a result of yearning, longing. It's a result of desire. And so, brothers and sisters, what we're going to begin to do Sunday mornings we've talked about already. We're, we're talking about into His presence. We're talking about His love. And Wednesday nights we're going to talk about the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. But we're going to give, not only by precept, but also by example, we're going to continue doing this. I'm going to ask that you come right now to the altar. Would you come to the altar? We're going to continue to do, it, to, to do this so that we can enter into this place with Him and spend some time there together as a corporate collective body and just enter into a prayer closet with Him, a place of intimacy with Him, and I'll allow Him to move as He so fits by His Spirit, letting Him know that we truly yearn, truly long for to have this glorious power and manifestation. It's not something we just talk about. It is something that we so desire from our hearts. So that we can learn about these things, grow in these things, and develop in these things, and have these things in manifestation within our midst. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now. And I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.